Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. When God created you, it was an act of His power. He breathed the breath of life into Adam and Eve, and that was enough power thousands of years later for us to still keep having babies and breathing and living and moving. Scripture says in Him we live and move and breathe and have our existence. So you were created in power and for power. You cre- Can you imagine the power of God to create you in His image? That is powerful, all right? So in the quest for purpose, I believe this is the last Sunday in July. Um, subtitle once again today is created in power and for power. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verse 8. This is the English Standard Version, my favorite version, although I teach and preach out of the New Living Translation. Look at this verse. It says, for by grace, grace is God's empowerment for you to do right. Grace is God's power for you to live right. Grace is God's power for you to have His power. Grace is God's power and His empowerment for you to know that you are right, you're righteous, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and the power to live right, which is holiness. Someone say righteousness. Uh Uh-huh, that's being right with God. And holiness is living like you're right with God. So for by grace, by God's empowerment, you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. All you got to do is believe. Someone say believe. All you got to do is believe. We complicate it as humans. Humans say, well, no, you got you to drink it this way. You got to drink. You got to stand that way. You got to button your shirt all the way up to here. You've got to do it just right that. You have to hold. Ju- you got to hold your mouth just right as you do it. And God just says, no, no, no. I don't need all of those traditions. I don't need all that. I just want you to believe because if you believe him, you'll know that he's empowered you to live right and to do right. You were created for this. So remember, though, it's not power to satisfy yourself. Some folks want power because it means they want to wield control over others, control, manipulate, dominate people, push them around, have their way all the time. It's not, your, it's not power for you to satisfy yourself or your desires selfishly. It's not for control. Someone say it's not for control. Now, it's for self-control. Y'all still with me? Someone say self-control. Sometimes that's challenging, I know. So through Jesus, you have, number one today, power over the enemy. That's important. A lot of people blame the devil, say the devil made me do it. Well, no, he didn't make you do it. Mm -mm. God's given you power over the enemy. And uh, let's go to Luke 10, 19. I want to read that in two versions today. Let's start with uh, the New Living Translation, Luke 10, 19. Check this out. This is Jesus speaking, so if you have a hard copy or you have a special edition on your phone that has red letters for the words of Jesus, this should be in red. He says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Someone say all. All means all. Every bit of power of the enemy. He says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. That covers everything. Nothing will what? Nothing will injure you. Let's do that in King James Version. I like King James on this one. It's old school. Behold, I give unto you power to tread, to step on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you or harm you. Go back to the beginning of that verse. If you don't mind, look at it again. I give you power, basically, to step all over the enemy's power. 
His power is greater. I need to tell somebody today that Satan is not an evil God, a capital G. He's a weak little lowercase g. He's the God of this world for those that surrender control to him. He is not equal to God, your creator. He is a created being, and through Jesus, we've been given power over him. All right? So you have the power to step all over the enemy's power. Someone say the enemy's power. Mm -hmm. Some people are freaked out by the enemy. You know why some people are freaked out by the enemy? They've been watching horror movies. And you know what's weird about horror movies? They go to cast out a demon or go to purify a house, and some dude shows up carrying a cross and throwing out water and doing different things and quoting, and he, the devil kicks his tail every time. You ever, ever notice that? He gets tossed out of a window or some crazy thing. No power. But did you know Scripture says those that believe... They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. They'll cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Did you know you have the power to do that? Scripture says, look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, he said, I tell you, among humans, there hasn't been a prophet greater than John the Baptist. You remember John the Baptist? He was Jesus' cousin who he led up. He helped prepare the way. Scripture says he prepared the way for Jesus. Jesus said, this guy has been the most powerful prophet ever born. There hasn't been a prophet more powerful than him. Not quite like him, but he said the least in the kingdom of heaven, a brand new baby believer, the person who on the first day of their salvation says, I believe in Jesus, I repent, I call on the name of Jesus as my Savior, they have more power than John the Baptist. Why? Because you can wield the name of Jesus. Jesus had not died and risen again yet and given his power. John the Baptist was powerful, but now you have the power of God in you to cast out demons. Now, once again, though, I need to say this. If you're stepping on the enemy's territory, places you don't belong, meaning sick and perverted, scary movies, because most scary movies, how many of y'all know, are demonic? You ever notice that? They're demonic and they're perverted, always. Bloody movies like that or scary horror movies, you can't, you don't feast your eyes on that. The eyes are the windows to your soul, so stay out of that mess. I don't know who that's for today. Maybe it's not anyone in here. Maybe it's someone on the live stream or on SoundCloud. God is speaking to you or, or on YouTube or on the podcast. I don't know who's listening to this or who's listening right now, but I'm going to tell you right now, don't step into the, the devil's territory and then think that the enemy's more powerful than God just because he spooked you. Are you all with me? It's awfully quiet in here. I don't know why it's so quiet. Y'all didn't have your coffee this morning, but I love you. So God has given you power over the enemy, number one. Let's go to Philippians 4.13. I love this verse. Y'all learned this in, in the academy. We had the academy, right, for grade school and high school. You learned this in children's church. You've, man, you've seen stickers. You've seen bumper stickers. You've seen T-shirts. For I can do everything. One translation says, I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me strength? He empowered you to live right. You have power. Look at number two today. You have power over circumstances. Someone say circumstances. You say, well, Pastor Matt, what if it still didn't go my way? What if I had a plan? Or what if I knew that wasn't right? Or I knew that wasn't exactly according to God's will? What if, Pastor Matt, it still didn't work out like I wanted and needed it to? You still have power over those circumstances because they're not going to wipe you out. You still have power. I remember when my mom passed away, that was never the plan. 
She was young and lovely. I say young. She was 65, didn't quite make it to 66, had a long battle with cancer. And say, you say, man, did that mess with your theology? Did that, did that mess with your faith? Well, not, not really. Because you know what I said? I said Deuteronomy 29.29 says, God has given us stuff that we're responsible for to know, and there's high and hidden things that only God knows. I don't get it. I don't understand it. We just had my mom's birthday, and I missed her. I cried this morning and just thanked God for her life. I prayed, and I thanked God for you. I prayed, and I thanked God for a chance to minister his word, and I prayed, and I thanked God. I said, Lord, I don't understand everything, but you're still God. You have power over circumstances, even though you feel like you feel powerless sometimes. You said, I, I, I couldn't control that. I remember, I remember thinking when my mom was struggling in her battle, you know, you serve God, you know God, you know the verses, but in certain situations, and you believe, but certain situations you say, man, I just feel powerless. You say, I just feel powerless. Look, I got good news for you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, look at this. Even if it doesn't work out like I wanted or planned, look at this. The temptations in your life, we're tempted to do a lot of stuff, huh? Sometimes we're tempted to not believe. Sometimes we're tempted to talk bad or evil or gossip. Or Sometimes we're tempted to just be a punk, <laughs> right? Have an edge and an attitude. We've all been there. I'm naturally a smart aleck. I'm naturally, when I'm tired, I, I have an edge. God forgive me. We're tempted to do different things. Say, is that just sexual temptation? No, a temptation is you being drawn and struggling and battling with a desire to do something that is sin, any kind. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Isn't that encouraging? You ever believed the lie and bought into the lie and said, I'm the only one that's going through this? <laughs> no. No, you're not. There are other brothers and sisters across the planet that are struggling with things just like you or worse. I believe the latest statistics, and they have, to, they have to guesstimate on this, they have to average and kind of guess at it, but did you know that there is at least a billion people on the planet, at least a billion, that are oppressed for their religious beliefs? Many of them are evangelical Christians. Many of them are believers like you who believe in Jesus. They're oppressed for what they believe. Can you imagine the temptation to give up? Because someone says, if I catch you serving Jesus, I'm going to kill you. Look at that temptation. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Someone say, and God is faithful. Uh-huh. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. But look at the next verse. People, people forget this part. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand with His help. Someone say, with His help. Uh-huh. Not on your own. On your own, on my own, man, we're a mess. Y'all know it. What is a hot little mess? I wonder what that means. Say, he's a hot little mess. Not that we're garbage, but you know how, you know how garbage is nasty? This is kind of an odd analogy. But you know worse than garbage is hot garbage? And dogs like it. Dogs like stinky stuff. Y'all ever notice that? They'll go to the garbage can, they're like, man, I can smell food in there. And you're going, it's rotten. It's a hot mess. It's, it's just nasty. And sometimes we feel like that, but look, here, here's the promise of God. God says, in me, you're a new creation. In me, you can. 
in me you will. All Jesus said was over and over, over and over and over and over again, he says, believe. He was either saying believe or do you believe? Jesus said, according to the words of Jesus himself, there were three types of faith. You guys remember this? There was no faith, right? There was little faith. And then the third was there was great faith. And great faith, um, it just blew Jesus away. God in the flesh, he said, wow. Scripture says in the King James Version, he marveled. He was amazed when people had great faith. He said, wow, okay. You got it then. You believed, you got it. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful, though. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. He's given you power over circumstances. Look at that. Let's put that on the screen. Power over your circumstances. Write that down if you have something to write with. That's good. Because that's all scripture. I didn't make that up. I'm not smart enough to make that up. Power over your circumstances. Now look at this one, though. Number three, did you know God has given you power over your own soul, over your soul? Now, those that have recently joined us or those that are maybe joining us for the first time, you said, soul? God saved my soul. No, he saved your spirit. Your spirit is reborn. You have a new spirit man or spirit woman. We just say spirit man, but the inside of you. See, you are a spirit. Someone say, I am a spirit. Uh Uh-huh. Solomon said, God has placed eternity in your heart. You were created to live forever. That was always God's plan. But you are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. Now your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your thinking, your decision-making abilities, and your feelings. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you, man, your feelings got the best of you this week. Don't raise your hand. Okay, you didn't care. God bless you, champ. He's like, man, I don't care. I'm, I got I to gotta get this off my chest. <laughs> Me too. That's why I get up here and talk about myself every week, bro. I testify about God's goodness, and I tell, tell folks, man, I'm, I've been going through it, but God is with me. God has given you power over your own soul. You say, what does that mean? Look at Proverbs 25, 28. Scripture explains Scripture. Look at this. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. I've met people and talked to people and say, oh, I just can't. I just, I had to give in. And then there'll be stupid stuff on movies that the, the best way to overcome temptation is to give in. What? That sounds like the snake talking in the garden. The best way to overcome temptation is just go along with it. No. Scripture says, this is from thousands of years ago, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. You ever dealt with someone who had no self-control? They're a hot little mess, aren't they? You can smell it a mile away, too. You say, are you calling them garbage? No, I'm just saying, when it, man, when you're without self-control, it stinks. And everybody around you can see it. Sometimes you can't. You say, man, this is a mess. But he gave you power over your own soul. That's the good news. You say, what? How? Well, he didn't call us to be ruled by our, our emotions, desires, our unforgiveness, or our weaknesses. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I'm going to spend a little time on this text. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Galatia. Look at this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Y'all catching that? Not your emotions, not the weaknesses, not the past, 
not the burdens, not worries about the future, not unforgiveness. No, he said, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, if you do, if you let the Holy Spirit guide your life, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. That's powerful. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, huh? And the Spirit gives us desires that are the, the opposite of what the, what? Sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Jesus said the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He's telling his disciples, won't you stay awake and pray with me, man? The hour of my trial, the hour of my sacrifice is here. Pray with me. Okay, Lord, I'm falling asleep. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Scripture says the law is for lawbreakers, huh? The law is for lawbreakers. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Look at this. If you give in, just give in to if it feels good, do it. If it looks good, go ahead. If, man, if it's what I want, who cares what anyone says? When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Get ready. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. That sorcery word is translated as witchcraft in some translations. The Greek word is pharmakeia, the same word that, that we translate into pharmacy. So that can be drugs or manipulation, or whatever, but we know that drugs open the door to witchcraft. Back in the day, Native Americans, the, uh, the witch doctors and folks like that, you know what they did? You know how they opened their mind to the spirit realm? They would take hallucinogens. They'd take peyote, smoke some crazy stuff, and then, of course, they were seeing spirits. You know, one guy, look, this will freak you out. One guy, he, he claimed, he testified, he said, man, I got saved. But he said, he said look, I did not imagine, imagine this. He said, I believe my mind was open to the spirit realm. He said one night he was out drinking hardcore, and he cussed at a dog. And the dog looked at him and cussed right back. And you say, man, he imagined that. I'm oh, well, I don't, I don't know, but he, he was into sorcery. He was into witchcraft, pharmakeia. Drugs open your mind to the spirit realm. Look at this other work of the flesh, hostility. You ever been around someone and you're going, wow, okay. Are we at war? <laughs> Are we fighting now? What's going on? You're angry. Quarreling, just argumentative and fighting. Jealousy. The Greek word for jealousy is like the Spanish word. It's zelos. Celos, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Say, man, I'm going to step on everybody's head until I get to the top. I don't care. Dissension, just disagreements and division. What else? These are works of the flesh. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, the apostle says, He's repeating himself. It must be important. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, if you practice those works of the flesh on the daily and have no repentance, you say, no, I'm, I'm just going to live like this. I'm free to do whatever I want. Okay. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you're saved, you're saved. You say, does that mean we're perfect? No, you make mistakes, but you don't practice sin, Scripture says. We don't practice sin. Willfully and deliberately and consciously say, no, I'm just going to sin. No, you don't do that. Because when you do that and practice sin, 
Scripture says there remains no sacrifice for your sins. You're stepping on the blood of Jesus. You're spitting on it. At some point, you've got to say, I don't want to live like this. If I'm a believer, I'm going to believe, and so I'm going to live right by God's power. Someone say, His grace. Uh-huh. His grace. Not your grace. His grace. But someone say there's good news. Someone say good news. The gospel means good news. Let's keep going. But the Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, aren't you glad? That was a little dreary, wasn't it, all those works of the flesh? You said, man, I hope he doesn't stop the sermon here. I'm going to feel depressed. No. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Trees give fruit, right? We have some pear trees. They give, well, one of them gives pears. The other one, it's supposed to be a fruitless pear tree, right? But one of our pear trees, it gives fruit. So this is the kind of fruit in our lives the Holy Spirit produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control oh my goodness self-control that's powerful he's given you power over your own soul the ability to have self-control there is no law against these things those who belong to christ jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there when something got crucified it was over study crucifixion sometimes sometime Sometimes, I guess you could do it more than once. I have. It is devastating. It's traumatic. It's gory. For God to tell you, man, crucify your junk up there with Jesus on his cross. That means death to those things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Is that good news? Hmm. I'm going to keep reading. You know what? Let's read verse 25 if you don't mind. I apologize for that. That was not in the plan, but let's do verse 25. I like that verse so much. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Is the Spirit going to lead you to treat people bad? Is the Spirit going to lead you to have unforgiveness? Is the Spirit going to lead you to sneak into someone's yard and steal their lawnmower? No? People do ghetto stuff like that. I remember back in the day, we, me and Jonathan, we had a friend, and we loved him. I'm going to go ahead and say it, because who knows where he is. His name was Benny. He was in John. Was he in your second grade class? Cool kid. He was athletic, fun, little dude. I guess he was cousins with a kid that went to school with me in, in, in junior high at that time. Well, this kid, he was hanging out with us playing basketball. I think we even gave him something to drink. He spied out our bikes, man, and he took them. I said, what? What is up with him? That's not what friends are for, right? Well, his cousin, whose name was Jonathan, big kid, taller than me, he found out he about whipped his tail. He said, take those bikes back. He caught him stealing them. He said, I recognize those from Matt's house. What's wrong with you? Matt and Jonathan's house. That's, we know that's not a work of the Spirit, huh? Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Someone say every. Yeah, you've got power over your own soul. You've got power to have self-control, man. That's powerful. Now, number four, power to be yourself. Let God develop the fruit of the Spirit in you, and you can avoid the pitfalls 
of fakery. Fakery, it, people don't realize this, but not being yourself or being fake, it's exhausting for you. And you don't realize it's twice as exhausting for people around you. Really. I've always been a real genuine person, but there's times where I'm going through a battle. My wife was like, baby, you're not being yourself. I'm like, really? I hate that. Okay, I want to be myself. Some people who are not outgoing, they pretend like they're outgoing. And others who are outgoing, they're trying to pretend like there's something else. I remember there was a strange season in my life where I thought, man, this, I don't know if this is a blessing or not. I'm too much. I talk too much. I'm going to be quiet. Man, it lasted about 15 minutes. <laughs> I was never good at the quiet game unless there was a prize. There was a prize. I was like, I can do this all day, like Captain America, right? I'm like, I can do this all day for a prize. But you've been called to be genuine. It's easier for some people than it is for others, but you've been called to be genuine and not fake. When folks are fake, man, they're tired. That's a big game to play. I, would, I wouldn't want it. I'm tired enough with all the work going on. Can you imagine if I said, I'm not going to be myself today. I'm just going to be someone else. Nope. I've met believers like that. I remember going to school and running into kids from church at school, and they were different with their whole pack of friends. They were different people. I never... I never understood that. I said, wait a minute, why are you so different? Let me tell you something right now. What you see up here, this is what you see at the house. Now, do I have weaknesses? Yes. But you see me in person, that's who I am at home. That's who I am with the Lord in secret. My dad always, dad was always genuine. I remember kids would come over from the church and say, man, pastor's the same at home as he is at church. He's hardcore. I said, yeah, it's the same man. The same man. I've dealt with some people, they're different at work, they're different at church, they're different with their friends, they're different at home. Come on, man, you've been called to be yourself, and God has given you power to be yourself. Did you know God created you to be yourself? You've heard the saying, when he created you, he broke the mold? I've always loved that saying. You say, well, there's lots of extroverts like me, or there's lots of introverts like me, not just like you. Because some have extrovert and introvert tendencies, all wrapped up in one. Some are just extroverted. I am not very introverted myself. I, am, I, I don't know that I'm a pure package of that, but I'm pretty much a free spirit in lots of ways, outgoing and free-spirited, pretty much. And I need to say this. Remember, it's a big lie when you're not being who God created you to be. Now let me mess with you some more while we got time. The world is messed with femininity and masculinity. The world is messed with that. The world says, no, he's a little boy, he's hyperactive, he wants to talk a lot, let's give him meds because he's not right. No, he's being a little boy most of the time. Had I been born later, man, they would have been telling my parents, hey, this kid Matt, he's all right, but he don't settle down, he's talking, he needs, he needs some medicine. No, I needed a spanking. He's, he needs Ritalin. My dad gave me, I will get rid of that, that spirit attitude. I was raised by parents. If they heard that I got a spanking at school, it was round two at the house. So that's abuse. No, that's what your rear end's for. It's for sitting, it's for covering, and it's to get spanked on. Not abused. Scripture says, did you know, this is crazy. Scripture says, if you don't discipline your children, you're showing them hatred. 
And people, people think they know more than God. Said, no, I'm not going to. And I know folks come from abuse and stuff. Say, man, I don't want to lay hands on my kid because I was abused. I can, I can see where you're coming from. But you got to be able to discipline kids and line them up. And I don't mean spanking them until they're 15, 16, 17. I don't mean that. That gets out of hand. But you got to be able to spank your kids at some point. And you decide, you and God, when you stop doing that. But, you know, spankings after a while didn't work on me. You know what worked on me? No phone. What? Are, I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, are we getting it disconnected? or What do you mean? You mean I can't use the phone? Had a big old cordless. with You would pull the, pull the antenna out like that. It was about that long. Like, what do you mean I can't be on the phone? I was too old for spanking. They'd say, you're grounded or you're grounded from the phone, and they called it restriction. Hated that word. I'm all, why are we using a $15 word for being grounded? And Dad's all, you're restricted. From what, Dad? Everything. I'll tell you later, you know. And I hated doing dishes. So I'd have to do dishes and then not, not hang out with people and not be on the phone. Thought, Man, it felt like the end of the world. But I feel like, here's what I feel like. I feel like mom and dad, em, there's that word, right, empowered. They empowered me to be a boy. They knew I was irritating. They knew I was crazy, but I was all boy, man. And I'd get into some stuff. And I don't ever remember getting in trouble for this, but I was always a wheeler and dealer. And some kids in the neighborhood just, let's just be real, man. They didn't have a clue about it. I'd get one G.I. Joe. I remember one time I got a G.I. Joe and traded it for a skateboard and something else. I was home. <laughs> Mom's all, how'd you do that? I said, <laughs> he wanted to do it. I was just being who I was called to be. And I'm not, hey, sometimes, sometimes just you say, I just got to do me. That doesn't mean being carnal and being a jerk. We got to let the spirit of God and time in his presence polish that out. But you got to be you. Be a man, be a woman. You can be masculine and be assertive and you don't have to be aggressive and angry. You can be feminine and be strong and assertive and not be manipulative and controlling. Same for men. Rick is saying, oh, is that just for women? Is that just for men? Oh, no, it crosses back and forth. You can be a man, you can be a woman, and let's celebrate it. Right now the world is attacking men for being masculine. They hate it. They hate the thought of God created man as the head of the home. Say, man, I'm not going to be subjected to any of that. Well, let's just have two heads at home or three heads so it can be freakish. How many of you know a two-headed snake is a freak? A two-headed dog, you would think it was something from mythology. You'd say it's Cerberus, the hound of hell. Two, two heads, three heads. That, that dog that Hercules fought or something, if you know your mythology. You've got to have one head. Say, man, the man is a, no, that he's just, no, if a man will be a man of God and be the true head of the home spiritually, he will love his wife, she will respond, she will manage the home. You say, are you saying she has to stay home and not work? No, I'm saying a woman is gifted. Many women work outside the home and manage the home. Women are amazing. Women, the body of a woman can turn one cell into a baby. A woman can get a, a house and make it a home. A woman can make just any old thing seem romantic and fun. 
God has gifted women, but God has gifted men as well to love their women and protect them. I don't know who this is for, but we've been created to be what? Jesus said, God created them from the beginning, male and female. A man shall leave his family and cleave, hold on to his wife. I believe that word cleave means to tackle in one translation. You hold on to that girl. I've held on to my wife, man. There are times you just go through tough times. I'm holding on. I've told my wife before, and I stole this saying from someone. I said, if you leave, I'm coming with you. <laughs> we're together, man. We were called to be together. Called to, And that is power to be myself as a husband. She has power to be herself as a wife. Does it mean everything just works out perfectly all the time? No, but you keep working it. Are y'all still with me? Say, it didn't work out last week, so I'm going to give up this week. No, uh-uh. Power to be yourself. You can be feminine and strong. You can be masculine and strong. You can be the man or woman God had in mind when he gave you life. A lot of folks are frustrated with life because they're not being who God called them to be. Ironically, growing up in church, Assembly of God churches, I remember even Baptist churches growing up, There'd be a preacher, and he'd say, hey, look at your neighbor. Tell him, take the mask off. I've been saying that about COVID for a long time, but, you know, we mean about being fake. I see people, I'm like, you still got a mask on. And I can't hear you speaking. And then you're frustrated because you can't hear me, and I'm shouting, and you're shouting. A mask and a glass partition. I'm all, man, I hate this thing. I'm trying to reach around it. But we, we used to have preachers say, man, take the mask off. What does that mean? Stop being fake. Take the mask off. Be who God created you to be. Say, man, I'll just be a big devil. I got to do me. No. As a believer, you were created to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Let's go to that verse that lists the fruit of the Spirit again. That's Galatians 5, verse 22. Look, this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is you in Christ. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And it may look, there's guidelines, love, joy, peace. It may... It may look slightly different for different personalities, but you can still have love, joy, and peace. There's louder people like me. There's quieter people like some of you. Aunt Joy's real quiet like me. Jen laughed. Oh, I'm kidding. That was a joke. She's, you know, Aunt Joy's told me, don't call me out when you preach. I did. I gotta be me, right? <laughs> Just as I was talking about that. I love my Aunt Joy. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, though. Regardless of personality, background, baggage, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, what else? Gentleness and self-control, there is no law against these things. Praise God. You can be a man and be right with God and protect your family and love your woman. I'm saying that because it translates directly from Spanish, mi mujer, right? Your woman. That you can be a lady, man, love your husband, love them chillins, and take care of it, man. Love each other. The basics of Christianity is you believe enough, you believe God's word enough to know that I can love God and I can love others. I can love God and I can love others. Now today I want to maintain an attitude of reverence and respect for the Spirit of God and His presence in this house. But I would like you to go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to remind you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed that God's given you power, not to satisfy yourself, but he's given you power 
over the enemy, over circumstances, over your own soul. And he's given you the power to be yourself. What a great gift. He that the Son has set free, Scripture says, is free indeed. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. He came to set you free. You're free to be yourself. Free to walk in His power. Not your power, His power. Everybody's always talking about empower, empower, empower. God was the ultimate, ultimate plan of empowerment came from heaven. If you would, those listening and watching today and other places on the live stream or in the future, near future, or later on, those in the house, would you repeat this prayer after me if you say, I need to be right with God. I need to make sure I have peace with God. I don't know about it, but you say, I need to accept Jesus and make sure I'm right with God by faith, according to the word. I want everyone in the house to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Say this, say, I mean it, Lord. I need you. I can't save myself no more than I could create myself. You made me, and you can forgive me, and only you can save me. Say this, say, I believe Jesus died and rose again to save me, to set me free, to empower me. I confess he is my Lord and Savior. I'm saved from sin and from hell and from my own desires. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand on your feet today in God's presence, if you would, please. Same attitude of reverence and respect. If you felt like you've been missing power in some of these key areas that God has already empowered you in, Every eye open, every, everybody looking around or looking straight up here. But I want, I want you to see this because this is a confession and a profession of faith. Even when you admit your weakness, you say, man, I've been lacking in power in some of those areas. Would you raise your hand? Because God's called you to be empowered in those areas. He's dealing with, remember, I don't just bring up stuff on a Sunday morning. It's stuff that God has dealt with me about or he's dealing with me about or I'm just going through it in that area. But God is working it out in us and through us. He's working his perfect will, both to do and to will of his good pleasure. Go ahead and close your eyes again. Let's raise your hands. Everybody in the house, let's believe today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power from on high. You've already given it, so we confess it. We believe it. We have power over the enemy by faith. We have the power of salvation in our lives. That's the name of Jesus. It's the power of God unto salvation. Lord, we thank you for power, Lord, to put you first. We thank you for power, God, over our circumstances, power over our souls, our desires, our wills, our passions. And God, we have the power of God to be ourselves. You created us to be someone, and we will be that special, wonderful, amazing, unique someone in you, God. We see the world is always talking about they got to do them, they got to be them, I got to be me, but they end up all looking alike, acting alike, and talking alike. There is no uniqueness in the world, it's all the same. Everybody doing the same stuff over and over again. But God, you've created us to be unique in Christ. We will have some common bonds, Lord, that tie us. Some, same, some of the similar things we say. But Lord God, you've created us to find ourselves in you, like the old song says. We are created to find ourselves in you. 
Today, Lord, let everyone begin to find themselves in you. You've called us to do so. We believe today. We thank you that we were created in power and for power by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name.